Have they done anything unique here with the rooms? They have. They're actually 25 different room categories. <laughs> oh my God. It's crazy. Let me guess, let me guess. Most room categories at sea. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, not only is it brought to us by My Path Unwinding Travel, but our guests today are from My Path Unwinding Travel, right? Yes, I'm super excited. We have two guests joining us today because they just went on what is the newest ship that's been introduced in a while and the largest ship that's been introduced in a while um, from Royal Caribbean, the icon of the seas. But I'm really excited to welcome first timers to our show, both Margaret and Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're excited to be here. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. We know from social media and following both of you that you were recently on the Icon of the Seas. I believe you were on like a preview cruise to the um, to their maiden voyage because we actually had another friend who was on the on the maiden voyage. But before we start talking about this amazing ship, this mammoth ship, I should say, we've got to introduce folks to who you are and what your background is with Disney and Disney Cruise line. We, as we said at the top of the show, you are both travel advisors with My Path Unwinding. So we know you have a ton of experience booking these cruises, but what, what's your, what about your personal experience? Margaret, why don't we start with you? What's your personal experience sailing on cruise lines and Disney Cruise Line in particular? So on cruise lines, I, I've been on 30 or more cruises in the last six years. Well, yeah, probably six years. Um, Disney, Virgin, Norwegian, Carnival, Celebrity, Royal Caribbean. I've been on, I'm pretty, but pretty much been on quite a few of them, on all of them. So um, I've, I've been on the smaller ships and the Oasis class ships and, and now Icon. Amazing. Amazing. And now have you been on all of our, all of our favorites, the five Disney cruise line ships? I have not been all, I have repeated some of the Disney cruise ships, but I have not been on all of them. I have been on, um, Wonder in Alaska and the, the New Orleans, um, Mexico cruise in concierge and the dream, um, it's hard to remember all of the cruises. Also, I'm also have been a Disney vacation member at Walt Disney World since 1996. Wow. <laughs> What's your home so, resort or home resorts? Um, Old Key West, which was the only yeah. home resort that existed <laughs> at that time. But our family goes all the time. I'm a huge Disney fan. And that's why, why I'm a good fit as a travel advisor for my path and winding. What about you, Sarah? Um, I have sailed a bit too, not as much as Margaret, um, <laughs> but I've done, um, the Disney wonder. And then I recently did the Disney wish, which I loved. It was such a beautiful ship. And then I've also sailed with celebrity Royal Caribbean. And then, um, I sailed on Virgin Scarlet lady about two months ago. 
So we'll be taking our first Virgin cruise in October for Sam's birthday. Uh, yeah, we're pretty excited about that cruise. So yeah, that'll be fun. But let's talk about Icon because that's what everyone seems to want to hear about these days. Uh, that and the world cruise that Royal's doing. They're doing some good marketing over there. I'd love to know. So let, let's start with some of the, the particulars about Icon. So Icon's the largest ship in the world at this point, if I'm getting that right. And I'm curious, how many people does she hold? Let me throw that you, to you, Margaret. If you if you had maximum capacity and crew, if you counted that, it's over ten thousand people. But I think maximum capacity is seventy seven thousand six hundred guests. That's with every room being fully occupied. So and so this so Icon was released last month in January, or did it just start sailing here in February? Uh, January twenty seventh was the maiden, I believe. Okay. And when were you both on the ship? January 23rd. So was it like a four-night preview sailing, basically, ahead of the maiden voyage, Sarah? Three. It was a three-night sailing. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, three nights to experience the largest ship in the world. That's got to be a tall order. Um, (laughs) That's hard. That's a lot of space. Yeah, that is hard. That is hard. I don't even know where to begin. Let Let me just start with like... let's. Let's start with my favorite topic, which is dining. So let's talk about dining on Icon of the Seas. Give me a sense of... So full disclosure, the only royal ship that I have been on was um, Indy, Independence of the Seas. And they had one main dining room and a pizza place and maybe three or four specialty restaurants on board and a Starbucks. And a buffet. The buffet, sure. Every every cruise ship has a buffet, uh, (laughs) I would think. But... What does Icon have to offer? Did they move away from the one big restaurant concept for main dining? And what kind of specialty restaurants do they have? What, what's going on with dining on, uh, on Icon? Margaret, let me throw that one to you. There's more than 20 places to dine on Icon of the Seas. And 11 of them are complimentary. So um, that includes the main dining. They do have a main dining room um, as, as traditional Royal Caribbean ships do, as well as the Windjammer, which is their big buffet. And I must say the Windjammer on Icon is huge and it's beautiful and and very well thought out. And I think it will not be as much of a traffic jam as it is on some of the other Royal Caribbean ships. That being said, Sarah and I did not even eat in the Windjammer while we were on board because we were trying everything else. So, and that includes all their specialty restaurants as well as the ones that are included with your cruise fare. So even if you went on a seven night sailing and ate and dining at least twice a day, you would still not hit all of the restaurants on board this ship. Most likely like, not. Most that's likely crazy. not. Crazy. Wow. So like what are some of the offerings that they have across the the inclus the inclusive ones? You mentioned the the buffet, you mentioned main dining, but what are the other things that are included? I, I assume a pizza place, but yeah, I mean, what else is kind of included? So on Royal, the Giovanni's is their Italian restaurant. It's on quite a few of their ships. It's a specialty. These these ones I'm naming are specialty restaurants that require an additional charge. So um, Chops Grill, which is their steakhouse. Um, Izumi, which is the Japanese hibachi and sushi bar. What else? I'm sure I'm forgetting some, but those are there. Sorrento's, you can still get pizza in the promenade. But some of the ones they've added have... Um, really enhanced what they offer on board. So what, yeah, what have they added then, Margaret? The Aquadome Dining is, uh, they have Aquadome Market. They have Park Cafe, Surfside Bites, the Pearl Cafe. So tons, basically tons of different offerings. Any any like unique um, uh, type of cuisine that they've added on that you were sort of surprised to see when you were on, when you were on Icon? How about you, Sarah? Uh, the Aquadome Market. 
had so many options um, in there. It's similar to the Windjammer where it's uh, just different. There are different options available. But there they had Mediterranean. They had a mac and cheese station. Yeah, it was real. That was that was actually my favorite. They even had uh, pepperoni pizza mac and cheese, which was so I it, I had to try it just since it was so different. But it, that was actually one of my favorite things that I had on board. There's a crepe station there, a sandwich and salad area, and then ginger, which is Asian favorites. So there were a lot of options in that one area that that were really neat. Wow, that's so that's like one one marketplace or one food location, but with lots of different cuisines. Wow. Yeah, I I'm I'm looking at the website right now. They've got they've got something called the Empire Supper Club, which is like a jazz lounge dinner experience. They they mentioned celebration table, which appears to be sort of a private experience for 13 people with their own private lounge area. Yeah, they've got the Chops Giovanni's, something called Hooked Seafood. I mean, this thing is just side-scrolling forever, it seems like, um, with all the different restaurant options. Wow, there's there's a lot going on here in terms of, <laughs> in terms of food. They've got multiple... Uh, the, you mentioned the Surfside Bites. They've got something called Pier 7, uh, the Hibachi Grill. This is this is crazy, yeah. Stop there for a second, Brian. Margaret, how did you all even decide where you were going to eat with that many choices? Like, did you did you make reservations or did Royal, because this was like a preview cruise, did Royal sort of set up an itinerary for you all to eat at different places? Or how, how did that work? For the preview cruise, most of the specialty restaurants were invite only by the Royal executives. So they were not part of the preview experience for most of the guests on board. For Sarah and I, we just went around and tried as many things as we could. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. That's hard though with only, you know, three nights, obviously. It's it's hard to hit a lot of places. And, you know, even if you want to do sort of snacks at different different places. But um, what about uh I have to ask the coffee offerings, right? Because I mean that's near and dear to my heart. Um Yes, Sam, they will have a Starbucks because it's Royal Caribbean. So <laughs> well I know well, so the, I'm wondering though are there other places other than Starbucks where one gets coffee on a Royal Caribbean cruise or, or was there one? This is such a big ship. I can't imagine that one Starbucks could actually serve all of the passengers. I'm a huge coffee person. I have I have my coffee all day. So S- Starbucks is right there on the promenade. Across the way and up the stairs is the Pearl Cafe. And there's there's really excellent coffee there. There's coffee in the Park Cafe and Central Park. You can get the Royal Caribbean coffee in the Windjammer, of course, the main dining room, but um, there's no shortage of places to find coffee on board. In the Aquadome as well, there's a, a little coffee bar that has coffee and then coffee infused drinks as well. Ooh, you're speaking my language. I love that. Now, how is the ship like laid out? Um, if if you can give us a general sense of like, are you know all of the adult bars or spaces in one area of the ship, all of the kids spaces in a different area of the ship, or is it more like I don't know, let's say the Wish, where you've got things sort of interspersed amongst other categories of of areas? What would you say, Sarah? No, they did a really great job of. Uh, having separate neighborhoods, there's eight neighborhoods on the ship. So you have, you know, the hideaway for adults over 18, um, which has a bar, hot tubs, a pool. There's cloud 17, you know, which is an adults only poolside oasis that has their own access to the lime and coconut bar. There's the sweet neighborhood. That's such a great area too. It's just 
secluded and there's a restaurant up there as well. Is that like their version of concierge then? The sweet neighborhoods? Yeah. Yes. There's Surfside uh, for kids that have um, the Splash Away Bay with the colorful water slides and water cannons. And uh, there's a Infinity Edge pool on that deck as well. So everything's really spread out. So there's something for everyone. Uh, If you want quiet and serene, there's a place for you. If you want live Caribbean music, you can go to an area for that. Um, that I feel like that that brings up the issue of entertainment. Um, Actually, before we go to entertainment, Sam, I want to talk about some of the activities on the ship because I think what Royal is known for is chalking these ships just full of stuff. I saw someone comment the other day, like Royal has an entire water park on their ship, and we can't get a water park at Castaway. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I I'm looking at like the thrills section of things to do on board. Uh, they've obviously got the Flow Rider that it seems like most of the newer Royal ships have gotten over time, but this top deck just looks like littered with things to do. There's it looks like an entire water park hanging off the back of the ship. They've got something about the crown's edge that looks I, I can't you're like dangling out over the ship, walking around the crown logo on the side. But like like yeah, tell us about some of the offerings for activities on board the ship. Let me throw that to you, Sarah. There is the crown's edge, which is the walkway with the skywalk, and uh, it's kind of part obstacle course, part skywalk, part thrill ride. So you're on the skywalk and then at the very end you hold on and just kind of ride your way back but you're kind of over the side of the ship so it's not for the that faint of terrifying heart. wait so yeah, are you like in a heart is it like a zipline harness kind of a thing it is mm-hmm. oh my you god that can, sounds terrifying uh, yeah they video they can video your entire experience so <laughs> you can have a keepsake to take home with you <laughs> yeah it's almost it looks like you're almost like walking the plank and then it yeah, you zip line around. <laughs> like this thing looks crazy to me. What, what did you experience any of the water park aspects of the of the ship? This, I mean, it looks like they've got. If I'm counting, maybe like three or four water slides. They have six record breaking water slides. <laughs> Does one just dump you in the back of the ship into the ocean or something? Like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, no, then man. you become shark bait, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are, the, are these water slides that kids can do or are they like, or do they have like height restrictions on them? They do have height restrictions. Um, you have to be at least 48 inches tall to do some of the, the slides. There's one that's the frightening bolt. That's the tallest drop slide. I think it's the only drop slide asleep at sea, but it is the tallest drop slide where it drops you. You have to be 52 inches tall to do to the to do that. But this is a category six water park right on top of the ship. It's aft and, and top. So it it's massive. It is hard to describe just how big it is. Wow. <laughs> so you don't even need to go to Coco Key because you have like you don't have to go to the water park at Coco Key because you've got this water park on the ship, right? It's true. Or you could do both. I mean, that's <laughs> yes. my motto is to do both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Royal is known for these like, you know, like just you're you've got all kinds of options everywhere you go from food to thrills to all that sort of stuff. What, what are so we've we've talked pool and we've talked kind of well, we haven't talked the pool deck. Like how many pools does this ship have? There's seven. There's seven pools on board the ship. Oh, my goodness. And like how big and are we talking? How big? Yeah, how big? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it, Sarah. You said you've been on the Wish. Is it pools like the size of the Wish on their pool deck, or is it? Are these bigger pools? They're actually bigger pools. Well, I guess. But is the water park included? Like the water park on the ship, is that included in the it's regular? Included. It's oh, included in wow. your cruise fare. 
And so yeah. are all the pools. So um, except for the the sweet pool in the right, sweet so the class, concierge kind that, of sweet that seems class. obvious. Yeah. But the Royal Bay pool is forty thousand gallons, and it's the largest pool at sea. It has in water loungers, um, raised whirlpools. So that middle part of the ship on the top is just like the chill zone. And there's three decks of it. So on one deck, you have the Royal Bay pool. And then on the other side is the Cove pool. And the Cove pool is is more of a low-key pool. It has in-pool loungers and it sits on the edge so you have a view of the ocean. And as Sarah mentioned before, if you go up to the top, the, the top deck on... Um, I think it's deck 17, is the Cloud 17 pool. And that's the one that has the infinity edge. And that's where you would find the more zen-like atmosphere. And all of these pools have access to the lime and coconuts. So, which is their big bar. And they have a swim up bar. Um, swim and tonic is the name of it, where you can swim up to it. I mean, it's just, it's just so much when you say, Sarah. And it's, it is so beautiful. That's the other part of it. It's really a beautiful and well done. What sits in the front of the ship? You know, I've seen the the photos of the ship and all that sort of stuff, and it looks like it's wearing like a glass dome baseball cap on the, on the front, basically. What what's inside of that area on the ship? That would be the aquadome, and that is where the so the front of the ship typically on a on a Royal Caribbean ship would have the solarium, and then instead of that, we have this big aquadome, which is it's all glass. I'll let Sarah add to that. What we, it's hard to describe the aquadome until you've experienced it. It, it, it has and that's where the aqua theater show is. Oh, um, and the pod, it, there's pods there too, where you can sit in these pods that are next to the glass, and you have such an amazing view out towards the ocean there. And that's also where that coffee bar is that has the coffee and the specialty coffee drinks. Oh, I love that. I saw the the pictures um, you all posted of that area, those pods that you're talking of specifically. And that really just looks like a beautiful, a beautiful place to kind of just hang out and chill and, and watch the, the seas go by as you're enjoying, you know, a cocktail or something. Can we also just take, I just want to take, sorry, I just want to say one more thing. As I'm you watching this video. me, Brian. I know, but you always take the, you get the whole show to yourself half the time. I, I am excited for this one. Like, I am, there's a full-size basketball court on this thing. Not even like the half court that you get on DCL. Like, as they're scroll as they're doing their overhead shot, it's like a legitimate double basket, full-size basketball court on the top deck of this thing. That is unreal. And also pickleball. There's also pickleball. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. course. Pickleball. They're leaning into the new, the new sensation. Thing. The new sensation. So, this, this ship looks like a continuation of the Oasis class in the sense that it's got the big middle, you know, mall-like atrium that they they started putting on those ships unenclosed, right? It's it's open air. One of the reasons I didn't like Independence of the Seas is they had that big middle atrium, but it's completely enclosed and, you know, you can't see the ocean or anything from it. But I'm wondering how this space is on Icon. Well, the promenade on, on the Icon has natural light coming in it from the glass wall that's behind the pearl. Um, which is the first feature that you will see when you board the ship. And it it's a kinetic tiles, like 3,000 kinetic tiles. It's I'm sure you, in all of the features that they have put out on Icon, they have had a picture of the pearl. It is massive. It's like way bigger than you think it's going to be. But when you go up those stairs in the pearl, it's all glass off the side of the Pearl Cafe. So you have all this light coming into the promenade. That's really key because I feel like if you're in the middle of a ship and you can't tell you're in the middle of a ship and you just feel like you're in a shopping mall, it just doesn't have the same... I don't know. There's something like something nostalgic about being like in a, you know, on a ship and, and 
seeing that ocean as you're going by. So that would, yeah, I, I, cause I think that's the, that is, I think one of the criticisms Brian came back from, uh, the independence of the seas with. So I'm glad to see them sort of changing that. You know, one thing I'm always curious about is what's like included versus what is extra on Royal. And then, you know, on this ship in particular, were, are there some, you know, new or newer things that we've, you know, that you've only seen maybe on the the more recent or like the Oasis class ships that are on this ship and, and are they included or not? And I'm thinking things like, I don't know, flow rider, bumper cars, those kinds of, you know, sort of activities. Sarah, what would you say? Are there, are there some new things that this ship has or maybe not necessarily completely new to Icon, but newer? I know there's a charge for Crown's Edge. The flow rider has, well, you can have lessons, which I know that's not new to Icon. Um, those are an additional charge. Do they actually, do they have a, um, do they have an escape room on this ship? Yes, they do. They have the Royal Escape. <laughs> oh, wow. And that's a, something that's an extra charge, I assume, right? Yeah, I would I would imagine it's it's an extra charge on all the other ships. So I, I mean, maybe they give it away for free. <laughs> I doubt it. They're not going to give well, away the, those pr- things. The problem with free. that is you have to charge for it, right? Or else if 7,000 people are trying to do an escape room across, you know, however many nights of a cruise, there's just no way you could get everybody through it. So... Let's talk about you want to talk about shows, Sam, and I'm I'm curious because, you know, I think Royal takes a different approach to a lot of its shows than, you know, Disney does uh, from the standpoint of uh, storytelling sometimes. Uh, I'm looking at the list of shows on board. What, d- did you get to see any of the shows on board, Sarah, during the preview cruise? We did. We saw Wizard of Oz, which was beyond amazing. They did such an excellent job. It's Broadway caliber. Um, the largest live orchestra at sea, uh, which there was a strings ensemble as well. I mean, it was just, it was phenomenal. Margaret, would you say comparable to like the Disney Cruise Line stage productions? Yes, very much so. And it's very high tech. There's a lot of technology that goes into these stage productions. And this theater is the biggest theater at sea. I think the Royal Theater across is like 134 five feet wide. Uh, Margaret, Sarah mentioned the Aqua Theater uh, previously. Can you tell our audience what is the Aqua Theater? Because we, we don't have one of those on a Disney Cruise Line ship, let's be honest. So what what kinds of shows or what, what kind of um, entertainment do you expect to see in there? Sure. So the Aqua Theater is inside the Aqua Dome. So that's that big glass dome that you see on the forward of the ship. And it, it it is massive. So inside this theater, they're going to do acrobatics, high, they're high divers, different, there's several different shows. There's Aquanation that we saw a few bits of that they previewed. And then there's another show called Pirates versus Mermaids. I, I don't know a lot about that, but it, it looked very interesting. But around that Aqua Theater is like Hook's Restaurant and the Overlook with the pods that we were talking about earlier where you could just sit and look through the glass as well as the Aquadome Market. And um, so that whole, like it's a whole neighborhood on the ship. But this Aquadome, one of the things about the theater, it has the tallest waterfall at sea. So from the ceiling <laughs> of the Aquadome will be water falling and... and <laughs> Some of the, sh- the pieces of the show that we were able to see is that there were these, this aerial show is beautiful with the water coming down. and oh, the like technology- acrobatics in water. 
essentially. Right. And they have robot lights it with robot <laughs> arms. I mean, it's 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 a high tech part of the show. And when we were on board, they had only had water in the pool there for like 10 days. So they hadn't had a chance to figure out all the little ins and outs. But there's a diver that will dive from the top, the very top <laughs> into the pool there. It's pretty spectacular. And and this is all included in your cruise fare. This is not an extra charge. Wow. I, lo- I love That's it. Royals crazy. just leaning into like, we've got the tallest waterfall, the, the <laughs> longest water <laughs> slides. Like it's a, the most deck chairs of it is like this is the awesomest ship in the world. Yeah, I'm um, <laughs> I mean, I'm like hearing a movie trailer in my head. You know, yeah, the movie exactly. trailers, right? Like it's like that in movie trailer where... voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, DCL Duo fans! You know we get the question all the time: Should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise, or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you: If you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com/dcl-duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations, and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is, you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash Duo so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. Well, so there's a third entertainment space, right? The, the I, I don't know what they call it, but the ice rink, basically. They've got ice skating, ice capades at sea, basically, right? Is that right, Margaret? That's right. It is actually on one end of the promenade, and it's it's new to... It's called Absolute Zero, where they have several ice skating shows and... I think you should be able to do ice skating. If you make a reservation there, you should should be have ice skating for guests as well. Oh, I want to go ice skating on a ship. I know they do on the other ships. That was not not something that they advertised, but I know you can go ice skating on the other ships. So I'm assuming that you can go ice skating on the Icon as well. So how do I book ice skating on my next cruise? Because we're going on Oasis and Allure like in a couple of months. How do I actually book? Is, do I have to book that on board or is that... So, so this is how Royal will do all the entertainment. So once you get on board, you can open up your app and make all your reservations. Yeah. Now... now- Looking at the entertainment that they have in the ice rink, the the absolute zero, it looks like they have a kids specific show, which which brings to mind for all of our Disney Cruise Line fans out there. What's the kids experience like on board? Do they have I mean, I know Royal has kids clubs, the ones on Independence of the Sea were charitably just sort of like meeting spaces with some video game machines and lots of sort of they did lots of programming, I guess, you know, lots of uh, group activities with the kids. But What's the kids' experience like on Icon? Do you have a sense of that? Um, yeah, they had a great. Uh, they have a great space for kids, uh, Adventure Ocean, and they have a specific area for babies from six to thirty six or six to thirty six months. Uh, juniors, which they call the Aquanauts, those are for three to five year olds. 
Um, and they have to be potty trained. Is it like a, is it there like a kids club space or is it like, or, and do they break it down further by age groups between that three to 12 year old age? They do. They have different spaces for different age groups. Um, that's awesome. Were you guys able to tour those spaces while you were on board? We were. There's like, cool. they're even in the adventure ocean. There's a, a theater just for the kids in the kids area for them to be able to have the organized activities. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Do the, is it similar? Like, so Brian mentioned he went on Independence of the Seas and like the, the kids club spaces felt just like sort of meeting spaces. He said like Nathan really enjoyed our Nathan is our 10 year old son. He really enjoyed the activities, though, because even though the spaces weren't, you know, bright and beautiful and maybe as um, enticing as they are on Disney Cruise Line, it felt like he felt like the programming was really great. Did you get a sense for whether or not Royal was still sort of relying on their programming or were they doing like an elevated job on making these spaces enticing as well? I think they did a really good job making the space enticing. There's um, one section called the arena, which has all kinds of, you know, balls and just different climbing features where they can, I mean, even for the older kids, that particular area um, is just for six to 12 year olds. So they're the things that they have for them to do are, you know, a little, or for older kids, that's not, you know, for the babies. And so, um, so like just, a playground in the space, essentially. Right, right. Oh, Nathan's going to be, Nathan's going to want to go on this ship, Brian. <laughs> just watch. He's going to Look, be. I kind of want to go on this ship, but I think, you know, after you experience in April and you tell me, no, 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 we're never sailing without Mickey on board again, then we'll know <laughs> uh, if we can ever experience this ship. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just saying, if if we go back to talk about the neighborhood concept that that Royal has put in place for this ship, if you talk about Surfside Adventure Ocean and the kids spaces are all right there in the Surfside neighborhood, and that and that includes a lot. It includes the Splashway Aqua Park and the Baby Bay, and right beside it is where parents can go to sit and relax at the Water's Edge. So you know, grownups can hang out at the Water's Edge pool while their kiddos are at Splashway Bay right there. There's also all the food and drink is right there too that you don't even have to leave the neighborhood for the day. Unlike some of the other Royal Caribbean ships where you'd have to leave to go to the Wim Jammer for lunch if you wanted a buffet lunch, they have a buffet right there in Surfside just for families <laughs> with all your kids st- stuff. With so mac it's and all, cheese. And, 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 and the ocean adventure that Sarah was talking about is also right there off of Surfside. It's like close by. You, you're you all right there. You wouldn't even, for some families of young kids, you wouldn't even have to go to another part of the ship. You could just hang out at the Surfside neighborhood. The whole, sh- it's huge. It's really big. <laughs> It's that whole back part of the ship um, that you see in all the videos. Where on an Aces class ship, that would be the aqua theater that is open, right? That's the difference. How many decks is this ship? 20 decks total. There's 18 that desks can visit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. 20 decks. Wow. That's just ginormous. We skipped over rooms. Has has Royal oh, yeah. done anything interesting? I mean, I know they've got like their family crazy suite with the slide in it and that kind of stuff on some of the other ships. Was there anything unique that they've done with the rooms on this ship? I thought I saw mention of like a like a family, not the ultimate family suite, but something geared more toward families, maybe in the suite category. But have they done anything unique here with the rooms? They have. They're actually twenty five different room categories. Oh my icon. god! It's crazy. Let me guess. Let me guess. Most room categories at sea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
how do you, how do you but how do you guide somebody to so this is i there's a question you guys are both travel advisors like how do you guide someone to the right room category for them on a ship that has 25 room categories. Sarah, I'll throw this one to you first. Like what, what what are the kinds of things you're trying to figure out when you're working with a client to figure out what room category will work? I mean, at Disney, we just have like not even half as many categories, right? Well, it, a lot of it depends on what they're looking for. You know, you have your ocean view rooms, but then you also have, you know, the Central Park view rooms or the, um, you know, the Surfside rooms, you know, where you can look inside at those areas too. Um, you know, and then you have your interior, but even in the interior categories, there's interior plus there's the spacious interior. I mean, there's so many options that depending on how much size they want, um, you know, that we can help kind of guide from there. What kind of room did you all stay in? We were in an ocean view balcony. Now, when you say balcony, oh, ocean view balcony. So you're looking out to the ocean there. Now there's all kinds of balcony staterooms, though, that look at different parts of the ship. Is that right? I'll jump in here. I'm going to jump in here because it's a little different than the Oasis-class ships that have Central Park balconies and boardwalk balconies that face inward on the ship. That's an Oasis-class ship. Icon, a lot of those rooms are now what they call infinite balcony rooms. So it's 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 a glass window that's floor to ceiling and they open up. But it makes your room a little bigger because you don't have an out the traditional balcony. Oh, it's, interesting. It's, so you're using that space. It's like converting it to a massive ocean view room, but you can then slide the top partition of the glass down to make it an outdoor balcony, basically. And, and one of the things I have to mention about all the state rooms, every state room that we toured, and, and, and Sarah and I toured them all, is that... <laughs> The lighting is spectacular. The, they have this new LED lighting. It is not harsh. It's very calming. Even the inside cabins, and I am not an inside cabin girl. I like my balcony. <laughs> and I, I said, you know what? I could actually stay in this room. It was. It felt bright and fresh, and it did not feel claustrophobic like some inside cabins do on ship. And it was. They they have done a spectacular job. And a lot of the rooms, like our balcony room, the thing that I, I noticed that distinguished them. They were one. They're very modern. There's a lot of technology in those rooms. They have all the plugs you need: the USB C and the USB plugs. And there's a 120 volt plug, and then they have the European plug. But also, it was very calm. The 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 ship is very colorful on the when you're walking around, but you come in your room and and those balcony rooms were very calm and modern. They, they look to have this. I haven't seen this kind of room before. It faces the it's a Surfside neighborhood, I guess, and faces inward on the ship. But it's a Surfside family suite that has yeah. That's that's the one Sarah was talking about. Yeah, that's that's really. I mean, it has like an alcove area where the you know it's like a TV room where the kids can sleep, and then you know kind of a, a main bedroom area for the adults. Like that's uh, it's really. It's really kind of intriguing. I haven't seen that kind of a layout before. Yeah, there's another one, the Family Infinite Ocean View Balcony. That one's really neat as well. It sleeps six, but there's a bunk bed on one side of the cabin for kids. So it's kind of, they have their own little space too. And then the parents have their own space in the bedroom. So that one, that one was really unique. I haven't seen a layout like that before on a ship, but that was, they did, that was really neat. So, so one thing to note, talking to our Disney fans out there, um, for Royal Caribbean, you're going to book much further out than you to get the room that you want than you are on Disney. We can book out as far, I, I mean, much further out. I booked 
icon of the seas like March of last year, like when the for bookings first opened for May of 24. So like more than a year and a half out, you can book more than a year and a half out. So if you want some of these coveted suite rooms, you need to be looking 18 months out to call your travel advisor. I'm on the icon site right now. And I was toying around with, uh, you know, booking, it goes out into uh, full 2025 part of 2026. At this point yes. already. And these ships are very full. And we're even booking on Star of the Seas, which hasn't even been uh, <laughs> released yet. <laughs> right. It hasn't even been finished. They haven't even finished building. It's expected to be sailing August of 2025. But we can book right. it that's now. That's the sister. So that's the, the sister it's to the, the icon. the sister ship of the icon. So yes. Wow. Have they... In- have they announced anything like really different between Icon versus Star? They have not announced very much yet about that. Because I always feel like that's like, you know, they want to put something, you know, shiny and say, this is this is the new thing. Even though it's a sister ship, there's going to be, you know, like Disney does with like the wish and the treasure, right? There's different theming, at least, even though everything else is going to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's talk about since we're talking about booking, let's talk about pricing for a second. I mean, my sense is, um, I mean, Icon is priced fairly high in comparison to some of the other Royal ships, but Royal has such an expansive fleet, they can really differentiate pricing across the different ship classes, I feel like. Like, how should a Disney Cruise Line fan thinking, maybe I'll try Royal, like, how should they think about the pricing on Royal as opposed to booking something with with Disney Cruise Line? I'll, I'll open that up to to either of you. Is it, is it going to be potentially a savings over Disney Cruise Line or is it going to be as expensive? I doubt it's more expensive, but I don't know. Um, for the Icon, it might be a little more expensive, but the offerings, the offerings included are great. And one of the things that is very different between Disney, where ha- which has a lot of things included, like your soda package, Royal's going to price those out and it gets families on board that don't have to purchase things if they don't want it. So if you want if you want soda, then you can just add the soda package and you go in your cruise planner um either in the app or on on your account online and you just add the things you want and if you don't want them you don't have to add them. If you can have a perfectly wonderful cruise on Royal Caribbean without adding a single thing, without paying for anything extra. So if you want it all, if you want everything included and not be in nickel and dime, you're looking at sweet class. Go star class all the way on the larger ships, uh, the Oasis class, the Wonder, the Icon. They all have star class. That gets you all your specialty dining and all the drink packages and all the things that you want included. And um, that's that's how you do it. Since we have a lot of Disney concierge sailors who listen to this show, I know, full disclosure, we'll have Karen on for one of our upcoming live episodes to actually compare kind of star class and concierge um, and sky class. I'll admit, like, where do the lines get drawn between star and sky? If I'm a concierge, used to sailing concierge on Disney, am I getting less than what I would get on Disney sailing sky class? Because there's a big price jump between sky and star. So with Star Class, you get the Royal Genie. With Star Class, with Sky, you do not get the Royal Genie. You still have access to Coastal Kitchen, which is the exclusive restaurant for the Sweet Class clients. You still get access to the Sweet Spaces. You still can use the concierge in the that, that they kind of live in Coastal Kitchen. You're not getting the personal touches that you get in Star Class. And it doesn't include all the specialty dining. It doesn't include the drink packages. 
that's that's the difference. You know, when you get to the next level, you are getting treated like a superstar. And they do. The genie actually meets you, you know, and, and takes you places. So, yes. It seems like Sky Class is fairly, no, I don't want to say similar, but it, if like if you're used to concierge on Disney, it wouldn't be super like far off to go to sky class, but star class certainly seems like the step Correct. up. I would agree with that. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think you get access to in sky class. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think you get access to like the shoreside amenities that you would get through concierge on Disney. I think that's where the star Royal class Caribbean doesn't have a shoreside. <laughs> right. That's okay. where it becomes very different. So with, with Disney, you have your letter that you send in 130 days out. Um, you don't do that with Royal. They contact you um, for because I just did Sky Class on Allure in a Grand Suite um, in November, and I didn't hear from what would be equivalent to Shoreside um, until like maybe seven days before. Okay, yeah, because we've already we've already booked everything for our cruise coming up in in April. We just did it all online. So you're saying I might get a phone call at some point between now and then. Star Class heard a little a little before us, maybe 30 days, but it varies between ships. I cannot give you a date. It's not like exact. They do take care of it and they're going to get you everything you want. Um, it, I, it, it's just very different for us Disney people to to wait. <laughs> it's a <laughs> waiting game. Like, so you booked it 18 months ago and now you're trying to figure out if you've got all the stuff you want. It, it's a wait. There's a little bit of a wait. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. That's good to know. So it's like That's rope good to drop to book, but not rope drop for <laughs> right. all of your all of your uh, exactly. actual board stuff. That's right. really funny. So, uh, so Sam, do you have anything else that you want to learn about? I mean, there's there's so much to talk about with this ship, and maybe I should really just ask Margaret and Sarah, what have we missed? Because we're not royal enthusiasts, so we don't know what we're not asking when it comes to these ships. Do either of you have anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to make sure that uh, you know folks would hear about? One thing to note is even with Star Class, uh, the Empire Supper Club is not included. That's still an additional charge for Star Class. Is that like a chef's table kind of a meal tasting? It's the, you know, it's the jazz menu? club thing I mentioned earlier, Sam. Oh, um, the jazz club thing. It's like a jazz dinner club kind of thing. Am I getting that right, Sarah? It is, yes. It's an eight-course dinner, and it's paired with um, the jazz music, and your and your drinks are all paired together with your meals. It's And it's an, it's an evening experience. I mean, it's most of the evening. It's not a short dinner. Yeah. Wow. I love the idea of having the music paired with the drinks paired with the food. Like that sounds awesome. That sounds like a really fun, uh, really fun ex dining experience. Um, are there other, um, did you get to check out the spa? I mean, I, a spa, I feel like, you know, this spa offerings, I don't know if they're much different, but obviously they all use the same company to run their spas, but were there any sort of unique um, offerings or spaces in, in the spa on board? So I actually went and got a massage in the Vitality Spa. And um, it was it was pretty much what I expected based from what I've had on other Royal Caribbean cruise ships. That being said, it was it's a two two level spa. It is a little more disappointing compared to all the other spaces on the ship. So um, it's all enclosed. There's no glass. You're not looking out. So they have the heated loungers. You're just in a room with heated loungers. It's really beautiful. But it, you know, I'm kind of expecting next level with all the gl other glass on the ship that you could look out and see out. I know you can on Celebrity Edge if you're in the spa and you take an Aqua class ship, you can you can sit there with this gorgeous view while you're 
in the spa. And this did not have that. They have done a really nice job. It's with the Vitality Spa being right next to the Vet Vitality Cafe, where you can get smoothies and drinks. It's all right there. But um, yeah, that was probably the most disappointing as far as spaces on board, not being that different or new or exciting compared to some of the other spaces on board. Sarah, did you get a sense of whether or not the ship was really like ready to go in the sense of like, obviously you you guys mentioned the, you know, the aqua theater wasn't quite ready to go, but were, did it see, I mean, we were on the wish maiden voyage and there were quite a few things that were not ready to go. And I'm curious as to, were there other things that um, seem to not be ready to go. I'm obviously understanding this was a preview cruise, so they wouldn't have had everything necessarily open for all of the um, all of the guests on board at the, at this point. But yeah, did you get a sense of anything that in particular? Not really. I mean, they were still putting the finishing touches on, you know, the Aqua Theater show. But overall, I mean, it was pretty much ready to go. They had everything, you know, that we could see running and running smoothly. I mean, it was it was. They did a great job. That's amazing. Because, I mean, you think about the size of the ship and you think about the number of passengers it's going to serve. Um, and that's and I and I think it was pretty full for the maiden voyage right after you guys got off, at least from from seeing pictures uh, from folks on board there. Yeah, it seemed like, wow, they I mean, I'm glad that they were, more, like I said, more ready than the wish. <laughs> Before we before we sort of wrap up uh, the show, uh, was there anything really surprising that you either you know weren't expecting or it was different than what you had sort of imagined it would be? Um, but when you saw it in person, you're like surprised. It could be surprised in a good way, surprised in a bad way. <laughs> but anything really surprising? Um, I'll I'll start with you, Margaret, and then I'll throw this to Sarah. So my surprise for the ship was the feeling of how everything flowed together. It wasn't like chopped up neighborhoods. It was really, it really connected. And um, they connected the spaces very thoughtfully. I love the colors that they had on board. I I thought in the advertisement, it might be garish, but when in real life, it was very vibrant and so beautiful at night with the lighting that they had. You know, even like the staircase was lit up like a rainbow. It was beautiful. So that's really just how beautiful the spaces are and how lush the Central Park was. I think it was much better than the Central Park you get on Oasis. I love both. The Oasis class ships have a Central Park that has the rising tide bar in the middle of it and you have to walk around it they have eliminated that bar and instead in the middle of the promenade of the central park is a connection to the promenade there's like a entry that takes you to the stairs to the pearl cafe where you can walk right down to the promenade which just gave a better flow the park cafe um which I know is one of Sarah's favorite places and mine too, was had a glass wall that just opened up. So everything was al fresco. It really just had like a fresh, like even if you're not looking at the ocean, this was really a beautiful space and really well done. And my favorite place in the Central Park was Bubbles, which is a champagne. It's a walk-up window for champagne. Oh, walk-up window. It is open morning, noon, and night. Ah, you're speaking my love language. Your sparkly rosé or your champagne, your mimosa. It's all there. It's right there. And you have a beautiful spot to enjoy it. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Well, that's some great surprising things. I I would never have thought of a walk-up window for bubbly, but it sounds perfect to me. 
Um, and the fact well, that you, the you neighborhood... haven't you haven't been on Virgin yet, Sam, for Shake for Champagne. So that's like true. The next I have level, not right? been on Virgin yeah. yet for Shake for Champagne. I'm looking forward to that. Sarah, anything that you felt was surprising? Again, either in a good way or a bad way. I thought Margaret, your point about the neighborhoods is really interesting because I I kind of expected it to be like choppy, but what you're describing, it sounds like it really isn't. Yeah, Sarah, anything that you thought was really surprising? You expected maybe one thing, and you got something a little bit different. Uh, again, in a good or a bad way. Well, and piggybacking off what. Margaret said it, um, the central park area, I just, I thought such a big ship, so many people, there were so many times we were the only ones that we could see because the walkways, they flow. So it's not just one straight path. So you don't just see people. Um, and there's little park benches set up and we could just sit, grab a glass of bubbles and, and listen at night, they had a live guitarist and he played classical just classical guitar. And it was just so relaxing. And during the day, you can hear birds. I mean, it just, it's such a relaxing <laughs> atmosphere that, that that really surprised me. But I, I lo- that was my favorite area of the ship. I just loved how relaxing that was. And then another thing was just the vastness of the gym. You know, you read about it, but then you, when you experience it, it was, it was huge. It's two levels. They had you know, a room for spin class. They had another room just for other classes. And, you know, they have some of the machines are overlooking the ocean or next to windows. They had weights. I mean, you name it, they had it. It was the largest gym I've ever seen at sea. You know, I loved, you had some great pictures, Sarah, of that central park area and, and what you're describing with this, this idea of like it feeling empty, like, even though obviously it's not always empty. It, it, I was amazed by some of those pictures. It really, it really, it really lo- looks like you're the only ones there, right. but I'm sure you're not. Yeah. That's well, awesome. The flowers were beautiful too. They had orchids and just the living walls. I mean, it just, it was beautiful. Well, you may have sold Sam in theory on sailing on the Icon of the Seas, but I think we have to wait until April to find out whether or not she's actually going to set foot on another Royal Caribbean ship. <laughs> actually, she has to because we're booked in May, but I that may be the Listen, last one. We're we're going in April and in May. We're going on. I don't I never remember which one is, we're going on first. One of them is Allure and one of them is Oasis. And these are going to be my first two times on Royal Caribbean. And so Brian is, is yeah, he's constantly joking about this. And are we ever going to, after these two cruises, book another Royal? And we'll, we'll see. I have to see if I like it. <laughs> the one thing I will tell you, I forget, um, uh, I think it was Karen who was telling me that like Cats was on board one of the ships that were going on, or maybe both the ships. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm out on that. I'm out on that. I do not. I think Cats is literally the worst show like ever done. She did mention that Mamma Mia is on one of the other the other one. But I will tell you, I'm not a big Mamma Mia fan either. It was so wonderful. We really I really loved Mamma Mia on the Allure. It was on Allure, right? Yeah. Yes. On the Allure. Because you all did a uh, My Path Unwinding group cruise on the Allure this past November. That's right. Yeah. So she said it was wonderful. So I might go see that. But I don't know. I I, I'm. I'm not, like I said, it's, it's, I don't hate it with a passion. Like I hate cats, but it's not, it's not my favorite show. Then again, Wizard of Oz is not my favorite show. Either, so. Oh my God. I love the Wizard of Oz. Oh, well, everyone out there, everyone out there, you now know when it comes to Broadway, Sam is more of a dog person than a cat person. So everyone out there oh, now knows the Sam. The secret is we out. Did not, the one thing we did not talk about is Rover, right? Oh, what's Rover. Rover oh, is... he's the he's the onboard dog. He's the first yes. dog at sea, right? Oh yes. Oh my 
yes, I forgot. I did see some. I did see a post about this about Rover. What kind of dog? He's a golden retriever, yes. something like yes. that, right? Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, but he's still in training, right? Yes, he's. She, it's a she, even oh, though she. her name is Rover, and she she has a person. Her her I think it's called Handler. Chief of Staff. <laughs> it has official name, but Rover is on board. That's amazing. So that I will say that's a that's a perk um, because the only dogs on board Disney Cruise Line and on most cruise lines are service dogs, right? They're only typically the only dogs that are allowed, and it makes sense. You want it. A dog highly trained. Unless you're on board Celebrity with Captain Kate, and then you get her hairless cat. Yes, bug. So, yeah, right. She yes, a cat. It's not. A, it's, that's it's not a the hairless same. cat bug. Yeah. See, so that doesn't count because dog. As as Brian mentioned, I am a dog person, not a cat person, and it doesn't matter whether we're talking shows or otherwise. I'm always going to be a dog person and not a cat person. <laughs> I'll take all the hate mail out there from from those of you listeners who are cat people and that's okay and I'll live with it. <laughs> uh, Margaret, Sarah, since you are both travel agents with our fabulous show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel, we want to be sure to uh, give you an opportunity to let folks know where they can find you to book their next fabulous vacation, maybe perhaps on the Icon of the Seas. Margaret, why don't we start with you? Um, you can find me on Instagram with Cruise with Margaret or on my Facebook page, which is mypathandwinding-margaret, or on the website for My Path and Winding Travel. Awesome. Sarah, what about you? I have both my Facebook and Instagram are My Path and Winding Sarah with no H. Uh, and then my email, if that's a better way to reach me, is just sarah at mypathandwinding.com. Awesome. And that's S-A-R-A, as she said, no H. Right. Yes. <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, thank you, Margaret and Sarah, for taking time out of your day to share a little bit about Icon of the Seas with our audience. And we uh, we just super appreciate you taking your taking time out of your weekend to do that. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships has a link off to our Patreon if you'd like to help support the show we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month has a link off to our show sponsor My Path Unwinding where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation which also really helps to support our show all the things are there including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DC.
ACL duo. Good night.